77 WABC Newsroom Extra. Legendary actor and New York City icon Robert De Niro is now the recipient of a key to the city. You have opened our hearts for years and for generations. We've all grew up on From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We welcome back to the show a great friend and a great senator, Mr. Ron Johnson from the state of Wisconsin. Senator Johnson, thank you, sir. We appreciate it very much. Morning, Larry. Uh, Happy to be on. You know, you and uh, Senator Chuck Grassley were really, I think, the first to go and begin to delve into this uh, Burisma-Biden bribery scandal. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about that because there's been a lot of breaking news about it with the FBI document uh, now shared by James Comer and his entire oversight committee. And, sir, there's a, um, a phenomenal article on Fox Digital by reporter Brooke Singman that walks through uh, so much of this and that this FBI source, a highly credible source, talking to top Burisma executive about exactly what they were doing. Uh, the source itself is a business person, uh, but the Burisma people wanted to gain U.S. oil rights and get involved in a U.S. oil company, but they were being prosecuted by Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin, so they decided to go on ahead and pay $5 million to Hunter Biden and $5 million to Joe Biden, the pay-to-play scheme, in order to change policies so they could get into the U.S. oil market. Uh, this is the most I've ever seen on this. I wanted to get your view because you and uh, Chuck Grassley have been looking at this story. I mean, I think this is a bigger story than the Trump uh, story, frankly. But uh, what can you tell us about that? Have you been speaking to people on the Oversight Committee and have you been following this carefully? Well, obviously, I've been following it Um you know, Senator Grassley and I, we were investigating Hunter Biden, oh, tail end of 2019, uh, 2020. This was around the Trump impeachment, uh, the first Trump impeachment. And, you know, when, when the whole conflict of interest of Hunter Biden being hired on the Burisma board, he had no experience whatsoever. In the end, he, you know, got received about $4 million in, in board fees. Uh, but then, you know, we, we got treasury records that just showed a vast web of different wire transfers, millions and millions of dollars coming from China, coming from Russia, uh, coming from all over the place. I mean, you know, the Biden family, they're, they're a bunch of grifters. Um, it is interesting that we did not see any suspicious uh, transfers uh, directly to Joe Biden. Um, so. I think the first thing that's going through my mind, I mean, I'll, you know, I, I know so many of these details, it's kind of hard to distill it down, but if the FBI, and it sounds like uh, they started getting these confidential human sources as early as early in 2017, I mean, right as the Trump presidency is beginning, of course, they've got their crossfire hurricane fraudulent investigation that uh, melded into the Mueller special counsel. I mean, put ourselves, you know, our country through political torment all on a complete hoax Here's a, a very real, a very credible allegation. Um, we, we've got, again, Joe Biden taking credit for getting Victor Shogun fired. Uh, did they investigate? Did they look at bank records? 
because that's that's the first thing you look at, right? Uh, I certainly didn't have the power to subpoena those bank records. I didn't know about this. They knew about that. Did they go and investigate Joe Biden? That's the question I have right now. Uh, that's certainly what James Comer has to do at this point in time. Is he, he needs to start investigating Joe Biden, which is why he wanted that document, to get as much information as possible so he would know, you know what, what banks do we need to investigate. You know, one thing that has never really been answered, that there's a real mismatch between what Joe Biden has reported as income and what he has reported in terms of assets. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, John Solomon has reported on that, and just nobody's really been able to dig into that. So, you know, I agree with Senator Grassley. You know, when this, you know, the whistleblower came to his office, and he's been pretty consistent in saying his question, we, I already know, we already know how corrupt the Bidens are. His question is, what did the FBI, what did federal law enforcement do with this? You know, we, we know in, in August of 2020, uh, through a whistleblower, that the FBI had developed a scheme to downplay any derogatory information on Hunter Biden. They, they set up a special file with very limited access. Was this information actually turned into uh, over to uh, Attorney Weiss, who was supposed to be investigating this? We, we have, by the way, a whistleblower coming into our office saying that Attorney, or Attorney District or U.S. Attorney Weiss doesn't have the necessary resources to do a proper investigation. Now we know through an IRS whistleblower, the entire IRS investigatory team was pulled off the Hunter Biden uh, tax evasion investigation. So, again, there's so much corruption going on. There's so many moving parts to this thing. You know, how do you break it all down, particularly when you've got a federal law enforcement that I don't trust, we can't have confidence in these people. And that's, you know, Larry, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, what is the greatest threat to the U.S., I, I would say what other people said, our debt and deficit. It still is an enormous threat. Right now, I just think the breaking of precedent, the division of this country, the fact that we just simply can't trust these institutions anymore, this is incredibly corrosive and cancerous on our on our body politic and our nation this is this is really concerning what's happened in this country you know in this fox digital report uh senator the fd 1023 form i'm just going to read you from this report the fd 1023 form which is dated june 30th 2020 is the fbi's interview with quote a highly credible end quote confidential source listen to this who detailed multiple meetings and conversations he or she had with the top Burisma executive over the course of several years, starting in 2015. 2015. Okay, Biden was vice president. Obama was president. And it goes on to report that essentially the confidential source was talking to a top Burisma executive and what was at stake here, this is, was new information to me at least, Burisma wanted to come into the U.S. They wanted to get U.S. oil rights and they wanted to get involved with a U.S. company. But they couldn't do it. They were being blocked and part of the blockage was this uh, Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma. So the U.S. government wouldn't give them any rights while this investigation was going on. So they went to the Bidens, 
and paid them all this money, again, $5 million to Hunter, $5 million to uh, Joe Biden, through these multiple accounts, these LLC accounts for family and friends. I mean, I don't think anybody realized how long this was going on. I don't think anybody realized what the, you know, the ultimate motive or purpose was. They wanted, Burisma wanted to come into the U.S. And then Joe Biden brags at a speech uh, at the Council of Foreign Relations after he was out of office that he got rid of Victor Shokin. Now, I know that that is somewhat circumstantial, but you got a whole story there that, um, I find very interesting, and I don't think the public is aware of this. Well, Larry, it literally started in 2014. Again, we lay out this timeline in our report, uh, but the Revolution Dignity occurred in February 2014. Uh, by April of that year, uh, Devin Archer, who's now a con- convicted criminal, okay, and his appeal was not accepted, so he'll be going to jail probably. That was Hunter Biden's uh, business partner. He joined the board of Burisma, a couple days after he met with Joe Biden in the White House, a few days before Joe Biden went to Ukraine in April of 2014 Mm. and was labeled the point person for the White House on Ukraine. Mm. This was in 2014. A few weeks later, Hunter Biden joins the board. They knocked down about $4 million in in board fees, and Hunter Biden's completely uh, unqualified for the job. Now, to my knowledge, what Burisma wanted is their CEO, and it's hard to pronounce the guy's name, so I won't even try. He just had like $23 million worth of assets seized in in the U.K. I mean, that's how corrupt he was. You know, he wanted to get visas in the U.S. I mean, he wanted to be rehabilitated. So so they they get this uh, uh, Democrat lobbying firm, Blue Star Strategies, who I was never able to subpoena records for them because I didn't have support of the committee. But all this stuff was happening in 2014, mm. and it just continued. So, no, this, mm. the, the, the Biden grift of Ukraine started in 2014 and continued throughout the Obama presidency. And, probably, so, you know, so, no, this, no. This, the Bidens are a corrupt family. No, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just saying. So then, yes, yeah, so then this uh, source, this confidential source... He picks up the story in 2015, and that's where the, and then it just goes on, and that's where the arrangements were made to make these payments to the Bidens. Now, you know, Senator, I mean, I think that it was quite a coincidence, don't you think, that after James Comer and his committee gets to finally look at these FBI documents, all of a sudden, that's Thursday, all of a sudden later in the day comes the news of the indictment. And then it was not supposed to be unsealed until Tuesday when uh, former President Trump is scheduled to appear before the grand jury in Miami, Florida. But they unlocked it, they unsealed it yesterday in order to get the uh, weekend news cycle. This to me is a you know, tactics to distract from the Burisma story, which I think is going to be a, a more devastating story than the Trump story. Well, I, I agree with you. It's, it's no coincidence whatsoever. And, of course, the mainstream media will play along with it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's, you know, that, that is sort of the major institution in this country uh, that is corrupt, that Americans have lost confidence in. So it's like, well, what is truth? But you know the mainstream media will be backing up Biden you know, throughout this process, uh, all they all they will report on now is the Trump indictment. 
And here, here's my big concern is how long is this thing going to play out? You know, I hope you know, we're hearing that this trial won't even curtail after the presidential election. This trial has to occur like next week. Mm-hmm. You know, the president has to have an opportunity to defend himself. This is now in the court of law, uh, but it should be brought into a court of law. And this ought to be decided very rapidly. This ought to be on a rocket docket. And this simply can't linger. It will linger. It will linger. I mean, I don't think this thing ends until the presidential election. What about Joe Biden's documents? There's a special counsel there. When are we going to get the uh, when are we going to get the results of that investigation? As vice president, as you know, Senator Johnson, as vice president, Joe Biden had no authority whatsoever to take any documents back to his home or his office. And as a senator, he has no authority to do that. That's all under the Presidential Records Act, uh, which is a civil matter. Uh, what about that? I mean, is this equal justice for all? No, and, and we don't have equal justice. You know, we, we have a multi-tier system of justice, one, one for the politically connected to Democrats, and that'd be the Hunter Bidens of the world. Then you've got, uh, you know, a system of justice distinct for President Trump, and then kind of a system of justice for all of us. Uh, it, it is a complete double standard. You know, Hillary Clinton talked about obstruction of justice. She destroyed 30,000 emails on a private server that she knew full well she shouldn't be storing any documents on. Uh, so, no, that is why the American public is just losing confidence in all of these institutions. They realize it's not fair. Um, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is what is so incredibly dangerous about the political environment today. You don't have equal application of justice. You don't have any level of an unbiased mainstream media uh, holding both sides equally accountable. Uh, so, again, what, what, what is truth? Uh, it's it's getting really, really concerning what's happening in our country. Senator, can you? I got to take commercial break. I want to come back and talk to you about the weaponization of our justice system, and I also want to talk to you about our problem with debt and deficits, which is a long way from being solved. You can just hang on for a couple of minutes. We're going to be right back, folks. We're talking to Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. He was one of the earliest people, he and Chuck Grassley, to track down this Burisma pay-for-play bribery scandal. Uh, I'm Larry Kudlow. We will be right back after this. Larry Kudlow on 77 WABC. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin who, along with Senator Chuck Grass, who were really the first to look at this uh, Biden pay-for-play scandal and the bribery scandal in the early stages of that. Senator Johnson, um, the FBI uh, was in possession of this uh, document going back to 2020. Uh, So James Comer had to threaten Christopher Wray, the FBI director, uh, again and again and again, like pulling teeth until he finally got the document. By the way, it's not a document. It's a number of documents, as it turns out. Is this an FBI cover-up in your judgment? That's my concern. And, uh, again, it's my understanding that some of these uh, reports came in as early as 2017. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had to subpoena Christopher Ray. Uh, I never got squat out of him. Uh, so... 
we, we certainly had the, the FBI provide us unsolicited briefing, uh, which they leaked then to smear me. So, no, the, the, the FBI, they had the fraudulent, uh, corrupt investigation of President Biden about the, the Russian hoax. Uh, again, this is a real concern when, when Americans can't trust these institutions that we have to trust. Uh, this, this is a real problem. And Christopher Ray has utterly failed. Uh, his primary mission was to restore integrity after James Comey the FBI, he's done the exact opposite. I mean, when you look at the indictment, when you look at the whole Democratic assault on Donald Trump, going back to his beginning of his presidency, and then, of course, the impeachment, which failed, then you go back and uh, you look at uh, what's happened with Alvin Bragg in New York, which was a mockery of of an indictment. And then, of course, you have this phony uh, indictment uh, about the documents, they're not. They didn't even mention the Presidential Records Act in any of the uh, indictment charges. But isn't this um, Democratic fear that a Trump presidency will essentially clean the stables of corruption in Washington D.C., the FBI, the CIA, the Justice Department, even the federal bureaucracy? I mean, Trump is a fighter. He's tough as nails. Uh, isn't that what this is really about? I think certainly think that's part of it. But I mean, the, the tormenting of Donald Trump started as soon as he became the nominee for the Republican Party. I, I've never seen a political a political figure tormented and attacked and undermined as much as President Trump. I mean, it, it was amazing to me. Two weeks into his presidency, uh, they leaked his phone conversation with two foreign leaders. I mean, that unprecedented. But that happened time and time again. The media dropped all pretense of, uh, of being unbiased. They said, no, we, we got to take this guy out. He's so dangerous for democracy. I mean, we're, so, again, I, I can't explain it. It really is Trump derangement syndrome, but it's been incredibly destructive to our country, what they've done. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Senator, let's switch gears. Um, so we had this uh, debt deal with some spending cuts and some policy changes. I thought it was a good first step, but it's a small first step. You mentioned earlier we have a great problem with deficits and debt. Um, what do you think is going to happen with this? This should be a major issue in the presidential campaign. The candidates haven't talked about it yet, really. Uh, what's your take? What's going to happen here? Well, let's just talk some numbers. When we had the omnibus spending deal, you know, I asked my colleagues, I asked the Washington Press Corps, hey, any, anybody know how much the federal government spent last year? I mean, we're the largest financial entity in the world, and nobody could answer the question. Mm-hmm. The answer was $6.3 trillion. Mm-hmm. But let me put that in context. In Before the COVID recession, we spent $4.4 trillion as a total federal government, right? Had we grown that by population growth and Biden's 40-year high inflation, last year we would have spent $5.1 trillion. Instead, we, instead we spent six point three. And this debt deal, and remember, the House Republicans, led by the House conservatives, passed, I thought, a reasonable debt ceiling bill to increase the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion with the RAINS Act and some other spending controls, right? But that wasn't good enough for Biden or, or the Democrats. So they did this deal not by $1.5 trillion. They just suspended the debt ceiling. So it'll be at least $4 trillion and pretty well locked in that $6.3 trillion spending level, which is just way too high a baseline. So in the end, I said, I'm, you know, I didn't vote for most of this massive debt spending. I'll let those who supported it, you know, accommodate it by increasing the debt ceiling for the rec- you know, to 
cover their recklessness. But now I, I wasn't happy with this deal, but the, it's the Democrats' fault. Let's face it, they could care less about mortgaging our children's future, and Republicans, unfortunately, have not figured out a way to stop them. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems, I did support the deal, but I understand your reservations and, and it wasn't enough. I was hoping one for one. You know, if you're going to increase the debt by $4 trillion, we should have cut spending by $4 trillion. But we never really got to that point. The question is, will we ever get to that point? I mean, will there be a budget resolution coming up? Oh, they're talking about it, but I, I doubt it. Um, you know, what, what I would have, and I wrote about this in the Wall Street Journal the day after I got reelected, is I would have preferred attaching some structural things to it, things like preventing government shutdown act. You know, don't shut down the government. Just spend it last year's level till you get your act together. The no default act. By the way, this is a phony crisis. We have more, you know that. We have more than enough revenue to service our debt, pay for Social Security and Medicare until we get our act together. We should do these things to just eliminate these supposed crisis, which are really just an excuse to spend more money and lock in higher spending. Yeah, and you know, the Trump tax cuts start expiring right after the election in 25 and then 26, including your amendment, which gave a 20% deduction to small business. We're running out of time. We'll talk about that another time, but there's going to be a huge fight about all that. Anyway, Senator Ron Johnson, you're a prince for helping us today. Much gratitude, sir. Thank you ever so much. Every day. I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to bring in Greg Jarrett, Fox contributor, lawyer extraordinaire, and uh, dig into some of these crazy charges inside the Trump indictment. Stay with us, please.